Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Molson Canadian presents Heavy Montreal. August 9th and 10th, outdoors at Park John Featuring Metallica, Slayer, The Offspring, Performing Smash, and Lamb of God. Three days of rocket metal featuring Anthrax, Twisted Sister, Bad Religion, Voivod, Dropkick Murphys, Body Count, Hate Breed, and many more. Festival passes on sale now. For the full festival lineup and to purchase your pass, visit HeavyMontreal.com. Produced by Avenco. Mark Striegel, John Astronomy, the Talking Metal Podcast, coming to you from the Silver Spacecraft. I'm Bud Friendly, and now your hosts, Mark and John. Is this a new intro? Uh, that's the the usual Talking Metal intro there, with uh, little murders in the Rue Morgue playing there, and a little Judas Priest before that. That's such a cool mashup there this is yeah you know who did that my friend uh, arun vankatesh uh i'm not kidding i'm just doing this speaking of mark and john you're you're talking to mark and victor right now guys or listening yeah. to us i should say uh we are we're told john was going to be here at nine o'clock but he is mia right now i just tried to call him just tried to text him texting him again we are live uh join us when you can uh, is it possible he's on the silver spacecraft on his way to um, what's Ace's planet, uh, Jendel, or Jendel, what's his name? Yeah. It is possible yeah. he is on Jendel and out of uh, all cell phone <laughs> service, but who knows? Who knows? Anyways, I'm gonna I'm gonna crack open my uh, cocktail for the evening. Can you see this guy? Yeah, but ice is that. But ice, yeah. I'm not. I'm not drinking hard liquor because I'm on uh, medication, and I'm technically not supposed to be drinking any alcohol. So, I figured, go with the butt ice, a big one, just one. What's that? Like a forty? <laughs> no, it's a twenty-five ounce. <laughs> Figure that close to Newark. I mean, maybe you'd have yeah, a forty. Yeah, oh, that's go. true. Yeah, Newark. My my good. Yeah, my good. Um, 
my good uh, favorite city, Newark, right down the street from us here in Maplewood. Anyways, yeah, man, uh, I don't know where John is. John is MIA, and this was going to be his return to the live show tonight. We don't know where he is. We don't know if he'll show up. I spoke to him at 7.30, and he was like 9 o'clock right on. John is like, um, sometimes it's a little weird. He'll come home from work, and he'll go right to sleep. And then he'll wake up at like 3 a.m. and just start working um, from like 3 a.m. on until like 9 o'clock the night, next night. Other nights right. he'll go out drinking. He may have stopped at a bar and completely forgotten about tonight's broadcast. We don't know. We do hope he joins us soon. Up oh, here he's just texting me. Uh, he says he's getting set up now. He's dealing with an ace emergency. All right, so we will hear from John shortly. In the meantime, let's get a little business out of the way. You are listening to the either A, the podcast of Talking Metal with John, Mark, and Victor, or you are listening to us on the live stream, which is Live 365. Live 365, the Talking Metal digital stream on Live 365, plays music 24-7, handpicked by Victor and myself for the most part, right, Victor? Yeah, And then we do these live Friday night shows on the stream, too, which are a lot of fun. Victor produces them or, you know, hand engineers them, I guess I should say, and co-produces them with myself. You can support Victor solo on MarsAttacksRadio.com. He does his own podcast called Mars Attacks, and he has a PayPal account over there. We have a PayPal account on talkingmetal.com i haven't gotten a donation in two weeks which is probably a record for a while so guys please we just brought you some great interviews michael wilton judas priest george lynch a lot of great stuff i'd love to just get a little bit back from you guys for that if you can afford it you know three bucks five bucks whatever you can afford shoot it over we appreciate the support and also, we're going to talk about the mid-roll survey in a bit. But uh, before I bore anybody to death with any more of this stuff, let's talk about what's going on with Mars Attacks, Victor. Who do you got coming up? Uh, who do I have coming up? Uh, I have Tommy Victor from Prong coming up. Should hopefully be out next week. Actually, hopefully putting out two episodes uh, next week to make up for the lack of uh, output these last uh few weeks uh haven't put anything out in like two weeks or so but uh just had my hands tied with a lot of other things that i just couldn't take time out to put the other episodes out but i do apologize there will be episodes out shortly and there will be a return to the uh, classic albums column feature which uh will touch upon black sabbath's heaven and hell so oh, cool there you go. cool and Victor, guys, does a pre-show here on Live 365 before the 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time uh, Talking Metal Live show. And he always you know, talks up some great songs and plays some great songs. What did we hear tonight? We heard some Pantera, some Alice in Chains, some Motley Crue. What else, Victor? Yeah, we had some rarities and b-sides is what i was going for we kicked things off with a little iron maiden and rainbows gold some uh kiss was originally done by wendy o williams uh it's my life which was written for her recorded for her but then kiss redid it during the psycho circus era and released it on the 
the Kissology box set, right? Was that what it was? Or the, the Kiss box set? It was. So they, that, that song they'd recorded for Psycho Circus, but they didn't put on Psycho Circus. Right. There's that track. There's the Ace track in your face, which uh, supposedly yeah. was, um, it was either that or Into the Void. I personally think they picked the better track for the album. And, um, Into the Void, of course, written by Ace and Carl Cochran. Yeah, and then Paul Stanley, of course, in some of the Kiss uh, books somewhere. I think it's the the booklet that comes with the uh, the box set. He claims that he rewrote the the backing vocal hooks or something. You know, it's like that's the thing. Pa- Paul and Gene, it's like they're always trying trying to like you know, why, if if Paul co wrote little parts of Into the Void, why didn't he just stick his name on it to begin with? Yeah, I don't I mean, know. The song is clearly, I think, credited to Ace Frehley and Carl Cochran. So I don't, I don't understand why they they always pull that stuff. I mean, it, it, that's that's one of many songs where they claim, yeah. Well, I mean, I even think in the Stanley book, he's talking about like cold gin or something, and and you know that song is credited to Ace and Gene, but I feel like he he throws himself into it. I might be mistaken on that, guys. I'm not sure, but. I, I just it, it irks me how they always try to diminish Ace and Peter's role. But um, and I listen. I don't. I don't doubt that those two guys, Gene and Paul, have carried the the torch for most of the forty years. But uh, you know, let's face it. Um, the the attitude and personalities of Ace and Peter definitely are what Kiss is built upon. You know, maybe not as much as Gene and Paul, but in in my eyes, close to it. Oh, w- without a doubt. Um, I was listening to a bunch of various Ace songs. I had a, a playlist that I'd set up that had all of his stuff from from the Kiss days that he sung on, then various tracks from his solo output, and it's. There was a solo for, I forget if it was Sister or I forget what track it was, but just listening to him solo, and it was just so distinct, just his playing and just how it was, and just going back to the older tracks and thinking how, you know, just there's a certain way to how he bends the strings and how he does certain things with the solos. Maybe he isn't Richie Blackmore or somebody like that. But when you hear Ace play, you know it's Ace. I mean, it's it's very distinct. And when Peter was on his game, Peter had a flavor, had a certain thing that he did that definitely, you know, pushed the band forward. I think if you really listen to, you know, Alive and Alive 2, whether that was recorded, re-recorded, whatever you want, his playing really pushed all those tracks to another level. And that's what makes... Hearing him play now, or hearing you know the Millennium Show, or, or things of that nature, really heartbreaking because you go from the examples of listening to Alive and Alive Two for your whole entire life. Basically, you either see them live or you you hear some of these later tracks, and it it just isn't the same. Even recently, he jumped up on stage with Rob Zombie, and I know a lot of people were applauding the move and how great it was to see Peter up there, but if, if you really pay attention, they turn his mics off like 10 seconds in because he isn't keeping time with, with Ginger Fisk, who's right behind him. So Right. right. <laughs> yeah. but, um, well, what about, did you see the American Idol performance the other night? I saw it yesterday, and I've seen Paul's, 
post-performance comments as well. And what were those? I, I didn't see it, but I read about it. It was apparently horrendous. I mean, if if you want to get, I don't know, really nitpicky about things, is his voice not what it used to be? Yes, without a doubt. I've heard his voice much worse than that American Idol performance. Should they have done that? Maybe not. Maybe Paul should have done like what they did with Garth Brooks and hung back, done the songs, and let the the kid from American Idol uh, handle all the lead vocals and just do backing, or, or pick things that weren't going to go the Ozzy route. Pick things that aren't going to be that strenuous on your voice. So afterwards, after everything that was said, his comments on Twitter were. I'm going. I know my voice isn't the same as what it used to be. I'm going to throat doctor on Monday to address these issues, and hopefully, you know, my voice will get better. Something to that extent, oh, brother. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what is he's like see. in his sixties now? It's like your voice isn't getting any better, man. I'm sorry. It's, yeah. it's not. It's just not. It, it. You know, and it would make sense for them to sort of. Start to, you know, pull the reins back a little, you know, instead of doing whatever. How many shows do you think they do a year? 70 shows? 60 shows? I have no idea. I mean, it's just, you know, the tour with Def Leppard has got to be, you know, what, 30 to 50 shows, right? Right. But, I mean, with something like that, I mean, shows a week, do two shows a week? or Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, everybody, people complain about Ozzy's voice, too. And he he definitely struggles here and there, but they I do notice that Sabbath they don't they really space the shows out. You know, it's like it's like right. three shows a week. You know, when they they're out there, and some of that may have to do with with Tony's health. Health, I don't know. You know, hey, did you read that Tony Iommi was saying some of the recent shows or uh, what is it or the, the Hyde Park show, yeah, yeah yeah did that happen yet? I'm not sure. Uh, I I believe it's next month. Yeah, he was saying that could potentially be the last Sabbath show. Um, Here's John calling on my cell. Let me talk to him. Hey, John. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Yeah, just Skype us whenever you're ready. Yeah. All right. You just Skype us whenever you're ready. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, John's having some computer problems. Could you hear that? It sounded like the intro to Detroit Rock City there. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> why don't we get into some music? What do you got uh, lined up there, Victor? Sure, we have a little kiss. Speaking of Paul's voice, is, is this a Paul tracker? Yeah. Yes. This is off. If, if it's the song I think you're going to play that I, I, that I asked you to play, uh, it is uh, I Will Be There, and it is a song from Carnival of Souls. And it's a ballad, which isn't surprising, you know, um, for Paul. But what, what is surprising is it's got kind of like a darkish vibe about it, and it isn't your typical, like, power ballad. You know, he was definitely, they were going for a different sound during Carnival of Souls. And this is a song that he, he wrote for his son, Evan. And, you know, Mitch was the first one to tell me about, about that uh, because he got an advanced copy of the Paul Stanley book. But I just read about it myself in the Paul Stanley book. And, and if anything, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like Paul Stanley's all that keen on Carnival of Souls, but he does, 
seemed to really uh, have an emotional attachment to this song and 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 talks about it in a positive light in his book and i'm guessing that is because it is about his son very interesting i always thought this was a cool track almost seemed like a continuation of the the ballad that they had on revenge almost Uh, i would always stack yeah that seemed a little more sappy to me the one on revenge but yeah i don't know who knows yeah could be anyway let's get into a little kiss here with i will be there right on All right, there we go with Kiss and the track I Will Be There off of Carnival of Souls. Yeah, so John is having trouble getting his Pro Tools started. And I just told him a lot of times when we do these shows, basically we all record individually on our our own end and then we mix them together later. However, sometimes we just use Skype. We're using Skype anyways to talk to one another. But uh, So I just told John, if you can't get Pro Tools up, just Skype us and we'll just... If it's a lesser audio quality, who cares? It's fine. So we'll see if we get him on the line soon. And in the meantime, 
We got some exclusive news on Dokken here on Talking Metal on episode 473, which I think is, at least I think it's exclusive, is, is, just, is just kind of a big deal. It's, it's that Dokken is reuniting without Dokken. They're going to rename the band, and the members will be, I don't know what that name is yet, but the members will be George Lynch, Mick Brown, Jeff Pilson, and on vocals, Michael Sweet. And George Lynch fully admitted to me in the interview in episode 473 that he doesn't—he didn't ever even really knew Striper much. He didn't ever listen to Striper. He didn't know Michael Sweet, but um, you know he—he uh, you know, he just, um, he just uh, really, really dug this dug album this that he did with with Michael, with Michael and Brian Tishy and I think James Lomenzo. I'm not sure about that, uh, which is going to be released early 2015. Uh, but he dug working with Michael on that project so much that he basically asked Michael to front TNN. So, which you know is Mick, Jeff, and George, and they're going to, I guess, rebrand it with with him. And it sounds like they will actually give it a new name. George sounds very excited about it. Very cool. Uh, they, I can just see the promos now on local radio rocking without docking <laughs> there you go that's great it's yeah. great cool so, <laughs> so what else is going on you got any metal news or hard rock news you want to talk about victor yeah i found it pretty interesting i read a little earlier today that jakey lee is already saying that he may not do a follow-up to the red dragon cartel album i'm wondering if that's just him Figuring that he wants to do the the next album that he releases in another format, or if he's going to go back to disappearing again, it it should be interesting to see where things lead off after this. Who who knows? Maybe uh, you know what we had talked about Sabbath. May, maybe there's something in the way of him and Ozzy doing wow, something that that you know we don't know about, and they're already positioning things. And who knows that. I mean, that would be kick-ass. But. Yeah. Huh. Well, it's interesting. I, I really enjoyed that record. I can't imagine that they made any money off of it. Um, and I can't imagine they made much money off the touring either, being they were playing rather small places. Excuse me. <clears throat> Belch. Uh, playing rather small places. So I don't know if that factors into it. Um, I will say that in the George Lynch interview I did, I asked George, and if you haven't heard this interview, it's part of episode 473 three of talking metal what he thought of that record and he didn't speak very highly of it um no kidding yeah which i which i thought was kind of interesting you know he said it was great to have jake back but he thought that jake had a long way to go to get back to the place he used to be at and something to that matter go listen to the interview it's a great interview with george lynch on episode 473 of talking metal and, you know, so, so that's kind of interesting. I, I, and I had heard rumble for, from some insiders that Jake did have some, you know, issues that were bothering him a little bit on tour. Somebody said he, he was just very fatigued and, and run down by the tour. Somebody else said he had some, some back issues. I don't know how much of that is, is hearsay or just kind of chatter, if you will. But, um, it, it, it's it's kind of sad. I'm 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 kind of bummed to hear that. I, I would like to think like you, Victor, that that maybe he's looking going to look to, you know, jack things up a bit and go up to the next bigger platform. 
However, there's another part of me that wonders if he'll kind of just fade back into obscurity, you know. But I mean, an Ozzy Jake reunion would be incredible. Do you think that an Ozzy Jake reunion would pull in a lot of money, though? Would would fans really care about that? I mean, it wouldn't be on a Sabbath level, but do you think that would sell more than, say, Ozzy doing another tour with Zach? No, because I think Zach's a, a much bigger name at this point, you know, um, than Jakey Lee. But, who, you know, who knew, knows what could happen? I mean, maybe if the Sabbath thing, like, is definitely over, like Iomi kind of hinted at, which is so interesting because only uh, three weeks before that, Mitch LaFon spoke to Ozzy and he made it sound like the Sabbath thing could potentially continue for a while. But if the Sabbath thing is ending with this show in London, at least, you know, uh, hell, maybe Ozzy goes out and does one final tour and, you know, as a fan, a Ozzy fanboy for, you know, many decades wouldn't it be awesome to have him go out and play you know with with jake zach and gus g playing on all eras uh playing all eras of uh of ozzy get the randy Rhodes hologram going on stage <laughs> tupac tupac michael michael jackson style um uh, that, that, I think that would be freaking amazing. I would love that. I doubt it'll happen, but I, I, I would love it. You could uh, Bernie Torme out there and Brad Gillis as well. Ah, oh, Brad Gillis, yeah. Although you know they never really played on any original material, but yeah, yeah. Why not? You could uh, do the uh, what's what's the technique that he does on the whammy bar? Is there a specific? name to that i don't know i know i, I never know jeff watson that was his, the other guitar player's name right he used to do the eight finger uh tap on approach to the guitar where he tapped with all four fingers of his right hand you know uh making it eight fingers total but uh, i don't know what uh, maybe there was a, a you know a special name for for gillis's whammy style but uh, i if, it, if there was i don't know what that was in spanish the the term for what he does is actually called gargling mm, interesting <laughs> so that's what i wanted to ask uh, here's john calling that. again john yeah now i got pro tools completely working but my skype is not connecting to you guys for some reason oh really okay do you want victor to try to skype you yeah, but it's it's nuts because um, it says, like, I'm blatantly online, and it says you're not online, and I didn't change anything, like, uh, so I don't know why it's suddenly doing this, but uh, see if he can try to get me on Skype. Okay, we'll go to a song, and we'll we'll try to get you on Skype. Okay, cool. All right, cool. All right, maybe I should restart. I'm going to restart my computer, but then I'm going to knock both those off, but maybe it's best if I restart and give me... Two minutes, I'm restarting now. All right, cool, cool. All right, bye Did you hear that, Victor? I heard that loud and yeah, clear. Yeah, I had it on speakerphone this time. Yeah. So, yeah, we're halfway through the show. You know what? I just realized I don't have my computer plugged in, which I better do before the battery dies because that would be a disaster here. And I like <laughs> doing these shows in my kitchen, although I do notice that it's a little echoey, and I am considering starting to do the shows in a carpeted room because I think that provides better sound 
Um, so that's that. Anyways, um, what do we got queued up? A little Mr. Scary? A little Mr. Or Scary. What, or what songs do you want to play? We could play Go to Mr. Scary. I guess we were just talking about docking, right? No? Yeah, that that works out. I was just going to say that earlier today I got to listen to um, the track he did with Ray Gillen off of his first solo album uh, called Flesh and Blood. And, and that song, for some reason, every time I hear the intro to that come in, it always makes the hair on my arms raise. It just... The intro is just so cool, and that track in general is is so cool. And George is one of my favorite guitars. So, um, yeah, you got to hear the interview because I know when we recorded the the host raps last week, we dropped it in. But if you have a chance, go back and listen to the interview because he he says a lot of a lot of great stuff. Um, you know, when I initially did the interview with him, I felt like it didn't quite have the energy that the interview I did with him six months earlier had. But in, right. in listening back to it, it's great. And he, he says a lot of nice stuff. And one of the nicest guys I've ever interviewed. Now, you interviewed him and had a different experience, right? Or was he nice? Or He was nice to me. He just, he just had a day where, you know, it was one of these typical things where he probably had to do like 30 interviews in one day. So he was sort of rushing through a few things. And um, he had, in my case, he had given me similar to you an exclusive with the whole kxm project and it was sort of disheartening for me that you know i that was what i led with when i sent that out to blabbermouth and and it was just ignored yeah (laughs) i wonder i mean i wonder i mean it's typical of blabbermouth to ignore podcasters here and there although i must say they've they've of, of recent months they've given talking metal a lot of love and I do appreciate that sincerely because they are still the biggest outlet for yeah. letting people know hard rock and heavy metal news. Uh, however, I was going to just to play devil's advocate. I wonder if Blabbermouth knew something like, oh, the label doesn't want that announced. You know, it's a good possibility. No offense, but they were like, oh, screw Mars attacks. But there's a- another good possibility that they somehow knew that oh, yeah. you know, this this isn't supposed to be out yet. Because it was m- many months later that they finally actually released that info, right? Yes, it, it was definitely a, a, a few months later. Yeah. Well, you want to go to Mr. Scary and try to get the other Mr. Scary on the phone? Absolutely. He's trying to, to scare us all right now. So let's go to the track and have him join in on the conversation. Okay. This is Dokken from Back for the Attack with Mr. Scary.
Hey, that was Mr. Scary by Dokken. Mr. Scary, a name that George Lynch kind of took on, if you will. And on the Skype, joining us finally halfway through the show, we have the other Mr. Scary. There he is. I see him. Hello. John Astronomy. How are you, dude? I'm scared myself, guys. I, I didn't mean to cut you. John is not scary. John is, uh, John is, uh, that was just uh, a little dig. Sorry, John. That's okay. That's okay because I was scared earlier tonight, okay, because I was in a monsoon in Jersey yeah. City. Right, and yeah. let me tell you, there are some characters on that light rail. Oh, really? Well, they thought I was um, two different people. Certain people thought I was Charles Manson's brother, <laughs> Marilyn Manson. And some oh, people right. thought I was from the show The Munsters <laughs> because I have black hair. I swear to God. I'm not to sure God. either one of those are a compliment, but uh, okay. They're, they're right. negative. They're negative. Yeah. But these guys are looking at me going, hey, it's uh, Charles Manson's brother. And, and these people that ride that. Do you think they right really now. think Marilyn Manson is Charles Charles Manson's they, brother? They see. I think that they only know the name Manson, and they they are too young to understand what Charles Manson was. But they they know Marilyn Manson, and they right. see a black haired looking guy, and they say, uh, "Okay, Marilyn Manson." And but they don't realize that Charles Manson and Marilyn Manson are two different people. So they just got the word Manson, and they can think of one name, and then they say that I'm his brother. And so I was heckled with that, and then uh, a different person said that I look like I was from the Munsters. Oh boy! So it, just there to you get have home. it. That's that's some major. You know, we're dealing with that in my my son's uh, school. F- he's five years old. That's called wow. bullying, John. Bullying. Bull- I was bullied. <laughs> Forty-four years old, bullied <laughs> by youngsters on the light rail. During no, what no I would bully. call a monsoon. The, monsoon. the town no I live bully. in has a big sign uh, when you drive into Maplewood. It says Maplewood, New Jersey, a no bullying zone. So if you if you if you come I to Maplewood, yeah, I, I'm gonna move there so I don't get bullied anymore because this is yeah. not fair to me. Okay, so anyway, I'm joking, guys. I guarantee if you go to a town in Idaho, yeah. it's not they're not gonna have a big sign that says "Welcome to the no bullying zone." That's all, <laughs> only only freaking. New Jersey. Yeah, uh, I love it. I love it. Well, guess what? I'm Jersey City is a bully, a full zone, a <laughs> free zone, and I was uh, a victim of that. But anyway, I'm happy to be uh, on the show, guys. I had first. I had a Pro Tools problem, and uh, let me tell you, I got like you got one of these Macs, and it's got like four or five uh, little uh, jacks in the back. You know, I got my jack, I got my cord. Uh, Mark knows what that means. It's a that's the uh, tape with Jim Hennigan. I got my jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. We got to find that and start playing some of these calls. And then I've got this other thing that hooks up with like a bunch of USBs in it. And so somehow none of my Pro Tools were hooked up. And then the next thing you know, my Skype was offline. So I am back online. Hi, Victor. Hi, Mark. Thanks a lot. Hey. Uh, I have been talking to Ace literally for like the last hour, uh, which has been great. And um, he's going to be doing a big event tomorrow which, uh, if you guys are listening to this live and want to make your way to Turlock, California, which is north of San Francisco, he's going to be doing a charity event uh, called Carnegie Rocks. And you can find out about that online. Uh, there should be a link on acefraley.com. Uh, and if there isn't, it's my fault, but there should be. And uh, you can also search it. But it's a great charity event. And uh, Night Ranger's going to be there, some other special guests. Uh, it's going to be a good thing. Cool. Well, we have on Facebook Gregory Muse checking in. He says, 
Hey guys, I really enjoyed the episode with Priest. You're not the only one who had Betamax. <laughs> How about that? Jim? Nice. Thank you. I, I Thank still you, have KMTPOTP on Beta. Kiss Meets the Phantom. Oh, right? nice. Kiss Meets nice. the Phantom. Yeah. Of, uh, of the park. Kiss, of the park. Yeah. The P-O. KMTP. Yeah, I think he's got an extra P in it. Of the park, OTP, something, yeah. Yeah, Excellent. okay, yeah, that's Thank right. You. Kiss meets the phantom of the park, right. Park, yeah. Yeah, wow. Had, is that kiss code? I don't even, I, I would have never known yeah, what that, that is. Yeah, that is probably a kiss code, just like LIU is lick it up, and uh, like <laughs> I-W-T-M-L-Y is I was made for loving you. I may have messed that one up, but a lot of kiss codes. Uh, I love it. Thank you, Greg. I, you know what I think is the weirdest thing about the video cover is that the official cover that I saw has Gene and Peter on the cover, and that's it. Oh, yeah? It's like a picture oh. of Gene and Peter. So how weird is that? Like, uh, the like, how would they do that? Just make a cover with two of the four guys? Like, kind of weird. Yeah. Seems like what they did. But that might they be probably. You know, this is this is this is what probably happened. Uh, they probably said. Make the cover with just Gene and Paul, no one else, and they accidentally right. put Peter put on it. Put Peter on it, yeah. It's like, who it's knows what happened. It was, but, but, you know, um, KISS fans may know this, and I'm supposedly mega KISS fan, but you know what? Uh, I, I actually don't know why that occurred. However, I believe that it is true that there was a videotape out that was official that just had Peter and Gene on the cover. Wow, interesting that, stuff. Guys. I did want to mention, Gregory, uh, about the episode that you just mentioned 472 of Talking Metal, we interviewed Glenn Tipton and Richie Faulkner from Judas Priest. And I thought we got some great stuff. I mean, Richie spoke about how much he loved Gibson guitars and still loves them. Uh, Glenn, though, really revealed some great, excuse me, some great info. You know, he basically said what they said back, you know, in 2011 about retirement and not doing any world tours anymore you know that 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 just simply might not be the case anymore so we will see how priests feel when they start getting into these live gig scenarios if if it's feeling good and and they're enjoying playing the new songs and the old songs that you know there's a, a very good possibility we could see a full-on world tour again another cool thing glenn said which was he really stuck up for the Turbo record. You know, that's an album that actually really sold well for Priest. But in the interview, I, I asked him, you know, in, in 2014, you know, the album has kind of been viewed as, as controversial, even though it's sold, it's one of the better selling Judas Priest records. How do you feel about it in 2014? And he, I actually saw Halford kind of uh, poo poo the Turbo record in a Q&A that he was giving. Uh, in New York City, uh, a press conference uh, when he was previewing the Fight DVD down on 14th Street at a movie theater. I, I remember that. I don't think you were there, John. I, I wasn't there, but I remember that you did that. Yeah. And I, I remember I, the outcome of it. Yeah, and, and uh, he he basically I poo-pooed Turbo, you know. Um, hmm. And Glenn, the opposite. He stuck up for Turbo. Good. He said, I, I like it. Turbo. I know it was a little bit different for some people, and they thought we were chasing the commercial trail, but if you hear us play Turbo Live, it is one of the heaviest numbers. The crowd always loves it. And you can hear that interview on episode 472 of Talking Metal. Nice. And we are just rocking here. 
it's uh, John has joined us halfway through the show, but I, I'm I'm cool with extending it. You know, a couple extra minutes if you guys are. You know, go to ten ten or something tonight. Yes, it sounds good. So, uh, just want to who had ask, the worst week? Oh, go ahead, John. Okay, no, no, no. That's a good question. Who had the worst week? Let's. Do My week sucked. Talk. Victor oh, told me right. earlier that his week completely sucked, and John mm. actually told me that he was having a shitty week too. So, okay, uh, who had the <laughs> the worst week? Mark, John, or Victor? Let's try to think of some of the things that happened. I just had a week where I got a little frustrated uh, during the week uh, for different reasons because of some computer uh, glitches and stuff like that, which is kind of a dumb reason to get frustrated, but but that did happen. And then, of course, today when I was getting ready to do this, I had a couple of computer glitches. And the prime reason is that I've got a lot of wires and uh, they're all combined together, and I can't figure out which one is which. And uh, it's, it's stupid. And I can't see in the silver spacecraft anymore. I think I'm either A, going blind, as Kiss once noted in 1974, or um, I just can't see because the lighting is not good in here. But the, 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 all the wires were screwed up, and uh, as a result, my computers were not working. Right. Well, that's that's not was terrible. Rainy. Terrible. I would. Yeah, rainy. the rain, the weather's been shitty. Victor, you what was you, you had family illnesses and okay, stuff that's like a real that. thing. Victor, tell us. Yeah, I had my my wife get sick, then my older son gets sick, then I got sick. What's and, getting sick? What is like fevers and stuff? Oh uh, well, I um, they were throwing up oh, and just constantly going to the bathroom, and and now my youngest <laughs> son Titus, so. <laughs> oh, no. oh, that's sad. Well, that's bad. Well, yeah, that's bad. I don't like that's worse than mine. I, I had a yeah. That's that's probably. I think Victor, you're going to win the prize. My week, my work week sucked. I had just a bunch of shit at work, and <laughs> you know, I'm like freelance. I, I got like like kind of scolded by like one of the VPs at my oh, current geez. job. Yeah, it, oh, I'm not even going to go over it. I, there's no way they're listening mad. to this, but <laughs> you never know what's going to go on. But. uh yeah, it was uh, it was just kind of a lousy work profession a week professionally for me, but um nothing major. Listen, I'm I'm still there. We're still jamming yeah. out promos right. until the uh hey. the end of June on this uh this current gig I'm on. And then I got to take some time off cuz I I'm like fried. Good. Take a vacation home every night after my kids go to sleep and it's just a drag. I don't so, I don't know how you do it, Mark. Mark is Doing talking about every second. I'm in the middle of the night, and I'm uh, I pick up my phone like when I wake up at like 3 a.m. and like picks 11 news is on, and I get my phone and I see a Facebook post saying the next talking metal has Judas Priest on it. And and Mark, you're doing. I should be doing that too. And I'm yeah. gonna forward all these to my Facebook people. And uh, but you are doing it, and I want to commend Mark Striegel. For being well, thank you. It's not just, this. I mean, I'm keeping the talking metal thing going. We're hitting at least every week, every Tuesday. Remember, talking metal Tuesdays is when the podcasts go up. Correct. However, all those Mitch LaFon podcasts that we're doing on Talking Metal Digital, not all of them, but the majority of them, because Victor's done one or two for me, or for Mitch, I should say. Uh, but most of those are edited together. Even if I'm not on them, I'm the guy piecing them together. And those nice. do take time. You know, it takes right. you know to to edit one of Mitch's shows together. It takes an hour or two, and then the whole process of uploading and getting it on Spreaker and and getting it on our site and iTunes and everything takes me from start to finish about thirty minutes. 
So it, it does, you know, and people are like, 30 minutes, that's nothing. But when yeah. every second of your day is consumed by that, and we've been putting up a ton of Mitch yeah. podcasts. We're actually going to cut back a little. Mitch and I had, uh, we were on the phone earlier, and we decided that it's going to be a, probably a maximum of two Mitch, uh, you know, one-on-one with Mitch LaFon a week, maybe less. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot, but but we're gonna. It's it's better than three or four a week, which we've done Correct. in some weeks well, where it's been that many. You know, it's a lot. Mitch is doing a lot of interviews. He should, um, you know, I love Mitch and his show is amazing. But uh, yeah, I would great. recommend take a little break and uh, just like rack them up, and this way it's less work and uh, everybody tunes in once a week, just like you do for your regular uh, favorite TV show. And uh, back to uh, having uh, people throwing up. And Victor, I don't know if you know this, but Mark, I'm sure we'll know this. Remember that jerky, one of the jerky boys tapes where the guy goes, he goes, my kids are throwing up. Do you remember yeah, that one? I yes. do remember. He's like, he's like, I, he's like, they are sick. And you're talking about a coupon. You <laughs> 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 coupon. He goes, and then he says some stuff that I don't want to say because in 2014, you can't say what he said on that because it, I'll, I'll have a, a unit here ready to take me away. So not going to say it. Just go back to those old jerky boys, and it's pretty funny. Yeah, excellent. Uh, it's one or two, actually. Oh, it's, okay. Jerky boys, one or two. I, I love it. Um, <laughs> I had a throw-up incident uh, this past week. It was actually wow. a, a week ago Tuesday. My wife and I drove out to the Sands Casino in Bethlehem, oh, nice. PA. Correct. To see the one and only Guns, Guns and, and Roses. Great show. Nice. Axel, you know, I've, I've seen Guns and Roses probably a million times. Yeah, just I'm talking the new lineup. Right. I've seen the new lineup, you know, from 2002 to now. Wow. That's a, from 2000. Was that tour? Yeah, it had to be 2002 to now. I've seen Guns and Roses. Wow. Is it 2014? I've known my wife since 2002. It's so nuts. Wow. That's a lot of years, 12 years. Yeah. Um, in the last 12 years, I've seen them probably 10 times. And this, maybe more, actually, but yeah, so 10 yeah. to 12 times. I bet. But this was, one of, this was one of the best shows oh, out of good. those. Because he, he was in Axel, that is, was in such a happy mood and good. just playing with the crowd. He sounded good. It was his first show in a little while and seemed to be really, really enjoying it. You know, it was about a 3,000 seat venue and it was beyond sold out. You know, just you couldn't move. And he had so much fun and Emily and I got to go backstage courtesy of Del James and Yarmo after the show. You know, Yarmo from Here Today Gone to Hell now works for Guns N' Roses. Oh, nice. So he's yeah. an official worker on Guns N' Roses. Like the, I cool. said, what do you do? Are you like co-tour manager or something? He was like, no, no, I'm just a guy who kind of like helps out and takes pictures and I don't know. Wow, he's good for on him. the road. Good. Yeah. He's like officially employed. Uh, that is a cool gig and uh, of course, uh, it's so cool that you hung out with Yarmo and Del James and Bumblefoot and Frank and the rest of the crew and gang. Yeah, we hung out with Frank. Frank... Frank, we walked back to his room with him. He was uh, had like a full bottle of wine in tow. I think he'd already finished one, and he was good. having a good time. And I love so it. He's gonna come over to the house here and hang in Maplewood nice. as soon as he gets see, back from Vegas. So I like this. See, I like bands, you know, that have a fun time and you know aren't trying to hide it and stuff like that. And, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. Oh, he was walking. He had a, he had a big wine. He's walking down the like hotel lobby 
carrying like uh, a wine uh, a wine glass filled to the brim with wine and another bottle like in tow for you know yeah, for, for the night you know. chance. That's and we good. had Richard Fordis walked up to his room you know with like three models and stuff oh god like i yeah. mean good for apparently emily Fordis. emily informed me one of them is his new wife uh, oh, who's okay. also the official guns and roses photographer but anyways a blast of a show but here's the throw-up uh, story uh, oh no okay so when we got back to the hotel because of course the sands was sold out and we couldn't get a room there so we had to take a freaking car ride back to the to uh holiday Inn express on the oh, other okay. side of town yeah it fucking sucked that's what i was gonna ask you did you get at in three the in the fucking no? morning yeah oh, three okay. in the morning had to wait 30 minutes for a cab and finally you know it's only two miles away but finally got back to the hotel three in the morning tuesday night and we walk into the hotel and there's a guns and roses chick fan just like standing in the middle of the lobby of the uh holiday Inn express in bethlehem pennsylvania 3 a.m on a tuesday no no okay (laughs) barfing just all throwing up Uh, oh no i was gonna say naked but oh see i thought maybe you threw up but and her like, friend had like a newspaper and was like trying to catch the vomit. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's a great rock story. I, you know, I would have. Oh God, and I've been Emily in a similar walked, situation. Yeah, Emily and I walked by her, and Emily's like, "Have a good night." <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I, I uh, that that's a classic story. I feel bad for them. Um, I have one story once where I wasn't the one throwing up, but the person I was with was throwing up. But it was in a. More uh, of a, hopefully it wasn't me. No, no, no. It wasn't my. It was a, a female. It was more of a bar restaurant, uh, more of a dive bar. So they probably didn't even notice. But uh, just uh, I was like trying to like move it to like a undisclosed area. The throwing up. But uh, this was many, many years ago. Many. Just in case anybody's listening yeah. to it. Many, many, many years ago. Yeah. Oh, well, by the way, let me tell you. I remember this. after Roy's baby. It was our old band, Roy's baby. Uh, there was a, a rehearsal John and I did when Sean Burns gave me a ride somewhere. I'm not sure where. And I was <laughs> leaning out his window on 30th Street, throwing <laughs> up. Yeah. That's classic. Oh, I've, I remember once where I threw up in the bathroom of Lamore in Brooklyn, the main Lamore in an ace gig. And my backstage passes, because I had all these ace passes from through the years. And this was still back in like probably like 92 or something. And I got back home like the next day and my passes, I smelled the smell and it was like a pea smell. And, uh, and then I realized that was when I was like in front of the toilet and like the passes were just laying in right. pee. Like it's so terrible. And, uh-huh. and then what was really bad was a friend of mine um, said, Oh yeah. Ace like said, you're a, get this, freaking idiot out of here and he really didn't but they told me that as a joke and then i was like all devastated for like a yeah. couple of days and then oh, they told man. me oh by the way he, ace didn't even realize that you threw up and stuff like that but that was in maybe 1992 guys so it's 2014 and that was 26 years ago so i admit 26 years ago as a youngster i uh, threw up but i am now you know, I just threw up yesterday. So, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> threw up well, before guys, I came on here. That's I'm just joking. I haven't thrown up. It's weird. It's like uh, maybe I don't think it was that we drank like excessively back in those days. Maybe we were just too young and we weren't like yeah. 
ready for it or something? Who knows? I don't know. But remember the old Victor. See, here's the deal. Next time you got to come to New York and and get drunk with us. And yeah, yeah, we haven't done one of those insane things. Yeah, so you can throw up and then we'll tape it and then that'll be a new talking metal episode. (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, If you still want to advertise with us after this conversation, guys, you can check in with the mid roll. (laughs) They're the advertising company that uh, supports us with their ads and. You know, it's the best way to help Talking Metal stay free is by supporting Correct. Talking Metal's sponsors. And we have an, a survey. It's an anonymous survey. It will take more than, no more than five minutes. Your answers will help match our show with advertisers that best fit the sensibilities of our podcast and its listeners like you. Listeners hey. who complete the survey will be entered in an ongoing monthly raffle to win a $100 Amazon gift card. We promise not to share or sell your email addresses. We won't send you email, spam email, unless you win. Uh, we'll send you no email unless you win. Please go to www.podsurvey.com metal. That's www.podsurvey.com metal to take our survey and get a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Mm. Uh, and back to the throw-up. Okay. So, hey, <laughs> another wild thing, talking metal style. Mark, have you ever been in the Long Island Railroad area at Penn Station? I have, yeah. Yeah, like there's like a couple of restaurants and some little yeah. newsstands. And I'm there, I'm there in Penn Station all the time. I actually walk through the, the Long Island Railroad section to catch the yeah. subway. every. So do you go in on 34th and then you go down those little steps there? Like yeah, across yep. from Kmart or right next to Kmart. Yeah, big escalator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's now if you go in there and take a right, there there are um, there are these pizza places where they have these girls who are like serving beer on these little stands. Right. You ever seen that? Yes, I know exactly. Oh, nutty. A little crazy. Yeah. They, <laughs> a little the crazy. Cute girls or what? Yeah, yeah. It's nutty. Yeah, you got these I seem people on little stands. Yeah, I, I actually, I think I know exactly the place you're talking about. Yeah. You come down the escalator, you pass the Dwayne Reed on your left, you turn, right. and it's right in there. Um, there's like a Friday's there and a Starbucks. Yep. and Yeah, exactly. yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And then, uh, yeah, a lot of crazy things I've been noticing lately. I had another real good one, and I just forgot it, and I can't believe I forgot. But, um, yeah, that was interesting. And I'll think of the other one in a minute. And then I'll come back to you. Do you want to? What did we got on tap song wise, Victor? Got a whole slew of things here, but the the one thing that I picked out of um, we probably got time for two more. That's so. I'll let you pick. I picked the first two, right? So you pick. You can pick the next two. Um, you want to go something classic like we were talking about yeah, before? Uh, get some, let's do some heavy metal stuff. You know, we did Kiss, we did Dokken. What do you got? That's maybe something that's true metal. True metal. In the traditional sense. In the traditional sense. All right. Uh, let's go with the little Angel Witch then. How about that? Yeah, great. This is a track which uh, recently the whole topic of the, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, the Bofomet, uh statue that they want to put up in Wisconsin or, or where is that? Not sure. It, okay. Is it, what's the word baphomy? Is that is that related to what you're saying? Uh. Well, th- this is uh, the word as far as I'm 
as far as I know, and this is in my ignorant self, but I believe it's like a statue of Satan. Yeah, it might be go- Baphomet, maybe. Okay. But, like, like, tell me that, and I'm going to look it up in my computer system right now. Sure. Okay. You want to spell, yeah, it? spell it? B-A-P-H-O-M-E-T. Yeah, Baphomet. That's what that is. Baphomet. All Baphomet. right. So they're- <laughs> yeah, I don't ask me why, but believe it or not, I've known Baphomet from the ninth grade. That is oh. some, yeah, that's a Baphomet. Some May is uh, M E T is pronounced May Baphomet. There you go. So, unfortunately, when you're educated at Dover High School in Northern New that's Jersey, a- <laughs> you don't learn these things. So, here we go. Some some Angel Witch with Baphomet. Oh, no. 
We are back with that was a little angel witch yeah. with Baphomet. Baphomet. Is that how you pronounce it, John? As far as I know, Baphomet and my right. wild friends from Windaber, Pennsylvania, Lucas, Don Reese, and others, uh, Mike Corsi, uh, James Cabetta, have uh, all read the Satanic Bible by Anton Sanzor LeVay and said that that is pronounced Baphomet. All right. Well, there you I, go. I, of course, Angel- refuse to read the book due to my strict religious upbringing. All right. Well, there you go. Yes. Angel Witch, one of the original new wave of British heavy metal bands. That song probably recorded in 79, released in 1980 on the Metal for Mothers compilation record. And, and Angel Witch is an interesting band. I mean, you know, they've, they've in recent years had Bill Steer from Carcass filling in on guitar for them in the live setting. But Tom Hunting from... Ooh. Exodus uh, even had yeah. a, a, a brief stint with them, I believe. So uh, interesting stuff and, and definitely a band that if you are interested in learning about the new wave of British heavy metal, which included a lot of other bands, including Iron Maiden, Saxon, uh, you know, Def Leppard, the list goes on and on. That is, that is one of the bands that you should definitely check out, Angel Witch. You know, guys, I want to butt in really quick because... I have a, a epiphany, which I don't think that's the, the right word, but uh, I know that in ultrasound studios, they had amps called epiphany. Anyway, remember that, Mark? I, I don't remember those amps, amps but yeah. Epiphany. So, okay, get this. Despite the fact that I was talking about my strict religious upbringing, one of my all-time childhood favorite songs, and is still a favorite song to this day, is a classic metal song by a group who had an album called Black Metal, which, and I know we've discussed that that really wasn't what the term Black Metal became in the future, but Venom had the song In League With Satan, one of my absolute favorite songs, and I did, and I hope God doesn't strike me dead, um, played this at a church picnic, but without the lyrics. Yeah, Uh, you've told that story before, that's crazy. Now, here's the thing, Zimmer's Hole, didn't we have Zimmer's Hole once on Talking Metal? Or we played Zimmer's, Zimmers Hole. Hole. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, we, we definitely played them. I don't think we interviewed them. But okay, I, so maybe Zimmer's impressed. Hole. I've been doing a research product, uh, not product, project, and trying to find the best cover of In Lee with Satan. And I've watched hundreds, maybe not hundreds, maybe about 10, but uh, let's say hundreds. And my favorite one is Zimmer's Hole. In league with Satan, so I would encourage all of the talking metal listeners to go to YouTube and type in Zimmer's Z I M M E R S Hole H O L E in league with Satan Venom cover, oh. and you okay. will see it. And believe it or not, I I mean I don't think you'll see Zimmer's Hole playing it, but you'll hear the audio. And uh, of all the covers, I think it's the best one. So that was my talking metal related project for the week, and I'm going to do that from now on. I'm going to have a project of the week. Good that's, astronomy that's awesome. project. So Zimmer's Hole was a very like they were very technically proficient on their instruments, from what I can remember. Which the one thing about Venom, which so many of these metal bands were, so you know they were they were schooled musicians. Venom was not. I mean, they were slobs. Right. You know, and and I mean, in a lot of ways, 
that made them more rock and roll than than you know the uh, the schooled musicians, and you know it really in a, in a lot of ways set the 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 whole tone for the the Scandinavian black metal scene because you know a lot of those guys don't have the chops, they don't want the chops that their counterparts in in the death metal or even traditional heavy metal fields do you know i mean you 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 have to know your shit you have to be a good player to play death yeah. metal and traditional metal too but the black metal stuff definitely a lot of it is a looser almost more organic i i swear it it's more like folky at times you know it's it's just uh it's got it's got a certain looseness to it that I think uh, really started with with Venom, you know, in my opinion, you know, I, far it, it, more than King Diamond. You know, King Diamond gets so much credit for oh, you know, the black metal scene, but uh, traditional bl- Scandinavian '90s black metal sounds far closer to Venom in a lot of ways to me than it does King Diamond. Write me your opinion. Uh, send me an email excellent. at mark at talking metal at yahoo.com now now back in the day mark and victor i did not realize that people kind of like thought of venom as people who weren't that great musicians and and uh i hate to say that because i am a person who likes people i i I appreciate the amazing musicians but i don't not appreciate people who are just rockers and and if if to me, Venom was a great band. They came up with some amazing riffs and some great innovation, and uh, I'm cool with their musicianship. And uh, but I didn't realize that at the time, or maybe a little later, people kind of possibly looked down on them. Did you guys feel that at all? I, I don't think people looked down on them. By the way, that email address I just gave, I'm at the end of my 25 ounce Bud Light, and that was uh, <laughs> very mumbled. It, it the the true email. The true metal email address for Mark Striegel is mark at talkingmetal.com. Uh, nice. I don't think people look down on them, John. Okay. I, think, I think they set the tone. I think maybe there's a handful of people that look down on them. I have read a few negative comments here and there, but you know, I do think other people almost feel like, hey, they're not sellouts because they don't you know, spend you know, 10 hours a day practicing and, and – you know, they they are real. They're from from their heart, you know. And there's a lot of controversy about that. Like, were Venom real, or were they kind of a joke? You know, or did they did they were they kind of almost making fun of themselves and and making fun of the whole you know satanic type of thing, or were they the real deal? Uh, you know, a lot of people discuss that too. Um, well, I'm glad know. to hear. I'm I'm very glad to hear that during the the heyday of Venom that they were not made fun of because to me they were like the ultimate band and and not they were just scary. Me, I remember like the meanest yeah. like kind of dude at our school, um Hinsdale Central, he had a jean jacket with a big black metal venom patch oh, on that's it. That's great. His yeah. name was Bronco, they called him. <laughs> he dropped out, but uh yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. great. That's he if he wouldn't out, have dropped out, that wouldn't great. have been cool. Like he had no. to do it. And Seriously, like to, to my friends, that was the coolest ever band, Venom, and uh, they were the most satanic, uh, more than Slayer or anybody else. Even though you know, 
no offense to Slayer, but Venom was just the band. And then we had, courtesy of my friend Frank and Solo, who had a satellite and taped uh, other channels that were from Canada that we all know who they are. They um, gave me a beta video that had all these videos on it. And one of them was, I think, Witching Hour. And it was a, a live Venom video, and that was just so cool. And I remember, uh, I always called him Abaddon. Maybe it was called Abaddon or something, but uh, the drummer had, like, two rows of drums. So he had, like, his regular toms, and then above the toms, he had, like, another row of toms. And I just thought that was great. And and Cronus, which Dave Earl pronounced Cronos, like, uh, I mean, that guy was great. And then Mantis on guitar and... And then, you know what, I, I've been doing this research project. There have been a lot of people in and out of Venom through the years. And, uh, so you're doing a research project for Nickelodeon on Venom? On Venom? No, no, for Talking <laughs> Metal on Venom. Oh, oh Talking okay. Metal. It's a, it's a Talking Metal research project, which I'm going to turn in in project form soon to discuss. Oh, you're going to turn it into me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no I, I am doing See, I'm trying to keep up with my metal, and so uh, what I'm doing is doing a... Uh, project on past metal groups that I once loved, and oh, Venom okay. was the first group of this project, and oh, cool. uh, and and that's the the first part of the project was to figure out who did the best cover of "In League with Satan," and my pick. And they're I all this good. was a, an official project somebody hired you to do. No, no, no. This, this is just something. This is just a something I just I've elected on my own to do, and uh, I've come <laughs> okay. up with the Zimmer's Hole. It's not right. a good project, though. We haven't had yeah, any assignments. That was my volunteer assignment to the Talking Metal listeners to show that I am a true lover of metal. And uh, I think, it, you know, I knew we once had some connection with Zimmer's Hole. It was good. Um, by the way, I'd like speaking of uh, demonic-looking people, um, unfortunately, we didn't meet up. With ghosts this weekend, although Mark went to the show. Maybe you've been. The show was amazing. It was amazing, yeah. yeah. Some, like, eight-year-old or nine-year-old kid interviewed them. I don't know if you saw that. It was on Blabbermouth. No, I didn't. Yeah. And, I don't uh, even asked, want to hear that. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I was just They blow saying, us off for an interview, but if we were By eight an eight-year-old kid. I should have brought then, my five-year-old son. Yeah, and then um, he... Uh, asked them about how it was, and it was a headline on Blabbermouth, the eight-year-old kid uh, asks Ghost on what it was like to meet Ace Frehley, which I made happen. And, uh, of course, the eight-year-old kid uh, got the interview, and uh, yeah. they were too busy oh. for us, right. despite okay. the fact that I did that. So I, well, I wasn't it was their sure last that... show. It was their last oh, show okay. of the tour. Maybe we'll get them. Maybe we'll get them. Yeah, I hope we do. And it was a great, great concert, by the way. So highly recommend checking them yeah. out. I normally don't say anything negative, and no offense to the members of Ghost or anybody who works for Ghost, but um, I did let them know that we were interested. However, I did give them an out and said, look, if you're too busy during the day, let us know, and we'll hook up another day. But keep in mind that I am the guy that made it possible for you to meet Ace. Okay. And then the nine-year-old kid or the eight-year-old kid asked them that. In the Blabbermouth headline is, nine-year-old kid asks Ghost what it was like to meet Ace Frehley. And so I was just thinking, you know, what the heck is up with that? Right? right. right. We'll, we'll pursue that further. We'll pursue that further, yeah. definitely. Try to get Papa or somebody on the, uh, yep. the, oh, the show. You, oh, I'll soon. get this. You're going to love this. Uh, guess who else has the last name Emeritus now. Who? As, as, except there are two people I know of. Papa 
Emeritus of Ghosts. The well, Papa former Emeritus, Pope. The first Papa Emeritus. No, the second. second. Yeah, the second. Yeah, both of them. So there's two of them, uh, which may or may not be two different people. Um, the uh, the actual previous Pope, who is still alive, who is a Pope with the Emeritus name, and, you know... Yeah, Benedict. Um, he he has the emeritus, I believe, as part of his name. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I apologize to God and everybody else if I'm wrong. And um, also, just in the, uh, you know, the uh, little paper that you get on the uh, subway. It's like New York, uh, not Time Out, New York. There are two different papers. What, what are they called, Mark? Do you ever see those little free papers they give away? There's Metro New York, and then there's Metro, one other yeah. one. Yeah, the, uh, who's that guy? Reverend Wright. He's now called Reverend Doctor Wright Emeritus. All right. Yeah, you remember That's who he is? Chicago. Yep, yep. He's now an emeritus because he's the Reverend Emeritus of that church in Chicago. So we've got Papa Emeritus one and two, and Reverend Jeremiah Wright Emeritus. All right. He's also an emeritus. Swear right. to God. Swear yeah. to God. I mean, the thing about ghost is I'm not a religious guy like you, John, but um, I do. I said to Emily <laughs> when I came home from the show that that they're obviously unlike a lot of the black metal bands. What they're doing is very tongue in cheek and right. and almost comedic at times, yeah. like with with <laughs> their their dis, their, you know, religious stuff. But however, to some religious people, what what ghost is doing, I, I still believe is highly offensive. Because yeah. they're they're really making fun of the whole thing, whereas is black metal's kind of rebelling against it and and doing their own take on it. But but Ghost is purely a mockery of of not only religion but almost you know the the attitude that some of the the you know black metal bands and even like the, you know, satanic stuff of the, the Anton LaVey and, you know, Rosemary's baby and, and all that stuff from the sixties. It, it's almost a, a mockery like of, of, of that it, yeah. stuff too, but it's also definitely a mockery of, you know, the Catholic church and stuff too. Uh, and so it's, a, they're almost to me making fun of it and laughing about it, you know, and you have to be inside and get their joke where it's, you know, some of the other bands of the, of the past have, have 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 rebelled against it, trying to be more spooky and scary about it. Right. And ghosts can be spooky and scary, especially if you don't if you're not in on the joke. You know, but right. regardless, all that the music is so good. It's cool. No, it's I I, I wish I was at the gig. Um, and that's uh, so cool that you went and you uh, Mark. Uh, if you guys haven't uh, seen, go to his Twitter. Uh, what's your Twitter, Mark? Uh, just Striegel. Are you talking about the comment that was Facebook? Facebook. Or, no, yeah, no, Facebook post. You, you yeah, did a lot of cool Facebook. pictures. Of the, the... Yeah, I think that was on Facebook. It's Facebook dot com slash m Striegel. Yeah, a lot of cool M-S-T-R-I-G-L. photos. S T R I G L. The gig. You had. It looked like you were right up front for that. It wasn't right up front, but I was probably like thirty feet back. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that no, was it. Was great, and uh, I mean the the look of the band is so cool, and you know. I tell you the truth, I was like a little like uh, in awe of Papa Emeritus yeah. too. When it's I when definitely I got like a, a pretty, you know, I don't know, like a presence, you know, like he's yeah. a, a strong presence, I guess. Seriously, so. I, I was in awe of the guy. And and what's wild is he's a man of few words. 
which is pretty neat and uh, which always makes it more mysterious. And even Ace is like, what do I write? He goes, Papa. Yeah. And Ace is like, what? And I go, Papa, P-A-P-A, <laughs> like the Pope, right? And he goes, yep. <laughs> I forget yeah. what he said. Yes. Like, but when you look did, at now, it, did he mouth, talk in like the kind of Italian Latin? No, no I, I see. That's what I was trying to figure out. I think he just somehow, maybe he nodded or something um, because his mouth doesn't really move like that. You know, it's like, uh, and, uh, but somehow he said yes, but like, that's why I was saying, man, a few words. It was like, when I go, hey, it's Ghost and uh, it's John from Documento would like to interview you. And he's just like looking at me like, uh, yep. Like, I don't even know if he said anything. He's just like nodding and stuff. And that's part of the mystique, you know. And Ace is like, doesn't understand the ghost thing. He's like, what do I write? And like, the guys were just like, I think somebody just said, just sign it. <laughs> like, I forget right. what they said, but he's trying to like personalize it and like, no, you know, these guys don't Nameless have official schools. names. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the name is like upside down triangle or something. So like Ace is just like, what do I write? And he's like, I don't know. And Ace, you know, wasn't, I told Ace, this is a band coming in. They're cool. They're called ghosts. They look all cool and stuff. And he's like, okay. So, um, but, um, uh, it's so funny because like Ace is like, what do you want me to write on here? And like, they're just like, uh, the only word, like six guys, one guy said Papa, and the rest of the guys said nothing. So, like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so that was funny. But yeah, anyway. yeah, it was funny the crowd too, because he had like you know, fifteen-year-old goth chicks all the way through like sixty-year-old like gray-haired, long-haired weirdos, <laughs> you know, like obese dudes, and just like it, it was just like it was it was. I guess I would call it a nerd convention with a, a mixture of like Brooklyn hipsters mixed in wow, and, and some traditional old metal heads, but it had like a, a different vibe. You know, I go to a lot of these old school concerts and, you know, there'll be a few kids mixed in, but it's mostly, you know, just the old school rocker guys. And this, this, you had some of that, but you had definitely this like younger and and it, I, I guess very diverse crowd is what i would call it and a passionate crowd very passionate very good it's fun stuff but nice. uh, well, let's wrap it up guys i gotta get to bed actually it's cool. 10 30 here on the east coast uh victor what do you got on tap for us surprise me here <clears throat> surprise you uh let's see let's i guess let's take things out with um how about a little Y&T with Mean Streak? Nice. Yeah. John, y &T. any Y&T stories? Yes, yes. In 60 uh, seconds or less. Saw Y&T, 1987, Providence, Rhode Island, was on stage with Ace that nice. day. And uh, James Lomenzo of White Lion said that I looked the spitting image of Dave Manichetti at a oh, younger nice. age. That was my comment. Yeah. I thought I took it as a compliment. Yeah, yeah. So he he didn't necessarily say the younger age thing. I just threw that in because I knew that Dave Manichetti was about twenty years old. <laughs> yeah. I hope he meant the younger version of Dave Manichetti. Well, right on, right on. Cool. Mean Street. What that was the name of the record too, right, Victor? Yeah. 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 What year was that? That had to be like eighty three ish, eighty four. Yeah, it came out the same year as Lick It Up, so eighty three. Yeah, yeah. nice. It, it, look it up was 83 or 84? Oh, 83. Look it up was 83, and I got a trivia question. Anybody yeah. know the drummer of Y&T during that classic time? No. Before Jimmy DeGrasso, who was the drummer when I saw him. The no. dr earlier drummer. Jimmy's the only one that I know. And uh, the, the, the 
Leonard Hayes, as right, in Purple Leonard. Hayes. Check that out. Leonard Hayes. Guarantee it. All right, cool, cool. Trivia fact. One with the Leonard Hayes, but I, it was a black dude, so I don't think oh, it was okay. Yeah, no, Leonard Hayes was a white guy with long hair. But guys, check us out cool at Talking guys. Metal Digital, one-on-one with Mitch LaFon, Mars Attacks with Victor Ruiz, Talking Metal with Mark and John. And, uh, yeah, subscribe to us on iTunes, leave reviews for all those shows on iTunes. Tuesday on Talking Metal. Awesome. Cool, guys. We done? Yeah, here we go with Y&T and a little Mean Streak.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.